0: Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have this young lady back. Of course, you read her stuff every day in the Daily Caller. 12 stories or something just today. She's a member of our family. Also, check her out on Newsmax TV. It's Kay Smythe. Kay, how are you? Good to see you.
1: I'm good, Joe. I'm tired, but I'm good. It has been a big day.
0: (laughs) Is it really a dozen stories just today? Something like that?
1: I took a few days off last week. Uh, Uh, My grandfather died, so I took that time off. And today... Just like probably last Monday, I just got straight in there with my 12 stories. Plus, there was a lot of news today and a lot yeah. of stuff that I really wanted to prevaricate about in written form. So, you know, I just went for it.
0: So, I, I'm, I, you know, I follow you on Twitter. You and I have been friends a long time now. And uh, I like this whole you and Ellis Hennigan thing that you do on, on Sunday mornings. Now, I'm asleep. I don't watch it, but oftentimes you'll post it later. I love the eye roll. I love that you don't take any of his crap, which is great. But something must have been different yesterday because I see this post on Twitter that you're like, what the hell was that? Or something like that. That's, that's the, the, the feeling I got after reading your tweet. Did something go on? What happened?
1: Things escalated quickly on Sunday in, uh, at Newsmax for the Sunday debate. You know, you're right, Ellis and I, you know, we have this We have this great back and forth where some weeks we slightly agree on stuff, most of the time we don't. You know, I know that he doesn't like me on a personal level. He hates that I'm an immigrant, that I'm blonde, that I'm conservative, you know, he, I think he also doesn't love the fact that he uh, is essentially just my punching bag. He is a punching bag for a millennial immigrant woman every single Sunday and yesterday we were covering the migrant crisis and we were talking about Martha's Vineyard, all that kind of stuff. And everything just got way out of hand. And I basically called him my glorified punching bag and called him like (laughs) pathetic that the only like sort of grasp of relevancy he had was coming on Newsmax and being my punching bag every weekend. So You know, there's a lot of resentment there. I come from a place of unconditional love with everyone. I like to think that I can literally break bread, have a beer with anyone. But a lot of people don't feel that way. Ellis is one of those people. He's your kind of typical far leftist extremist. And I had just had enough, so I just lost it. And there's a picture somewhere, I think, but, like someone took a screenshot, and it's Carl Higby there in the middle, like, no, no, no. And I'm just like, Ugh. and Ellis is like, oh my gosh. Um, so, yeah, things escalated quickly, and he got on my nerves and upset me, so I let him have it, basically. Well, for the hey, first well, time uh, ever.
0: I'll have to check out that video. If you get that video up and running, let me know. It's Case Smythe. Go to Ksmythe.com. Ksmythe.com. Well, it's a lot of, you know, Ellis, I think, is one of those guys that probably doesn't believe everything he says. But he gets his walking and talking papers from the far left every day. The radicals send out this email or do they do some sort of 4chan. I don't know how the hell they do it. But they get a hold of each other somehow. And they say, well, let's pretend like it's really horrible that we're using these poor immigrants as political ploys. Babies and children from Venezuela. They're just trying to get away from Maduro. How dare you send them to, to Martha's Vineyard? You know, I did a video on Friday, and I don't know if you saw this or not. But uh, I literally did like a minute where I said I had no idea that Martha's Vineyard was such a crap hole. Because, I mean, obviously, you're not, you can't send these poor immigrants there. It's too bad for them. There's no way they can survive in Martha's Vineyard. And K, 44 hours later, they got rid of these people. They dealt with them for 44 hours. And there was some New York Times op-ed or some crap today that said they changed us for the better. Our experience with the immigrants changed us. What are we doing? So, I mean, was that part of the argument where Ellis used those talking points? Uh, Poor immigrants, political ploy, you can't play with them like this. It was kidnapping. Is that where you guys went or did you not even go there?
1: Ellis always comes from an inherently emotional perspective. He doesn't ever come at me with facts and stats. Yeah. One week he's a Christian, the next week being a Christian is a form of extremism um anything I do or say he will come at it from that emotional place and honestly Joe like I I was raised to debate my parents and I have more debates than conversations and we love it we relish it that's the reason why we all live at the pub back in Britain is to sit there (laughs) and debate for no reason other than the fact that it's fun and it gets your brain going you know it's like doing a really intense crossword right it's just it's it's so good for you. And he doesn't do that. He just comes on and sits there with a stupid Muppet voice going, oh, My name's Ellis <laughs> Hellick and blah, 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 blah. I actually sound like a parody of myself and Come I on. have big feelings too. And it's like, shut up, Alice. Anyway. Anyway, so,
0: so I, I'll have to see this video now. It's Case myth. Go to KSmythe.com for sure. Go and check that out. It's a big story here that we haven't heard much about. And I'm wondering why. And I think that you know why. Uh, the last hostage or one of the last hostages has been released from Afghanistan. You'd think that Joe Biden would hold another big news conference and brag about this. Why isn't he?
1: I think the reason he's not holding a huge news conference about the release of, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but I believe it's Mark Freirech's. Um okay. That's how I pronounce it anyway. Um, F-R-E-R-I-C-H. He's been held in, well, he's been held by a sort of sub-network of the Taliban since January, February 2020. Uh, He was abducted for a long time. We didn't know if he was alive or not. But one of the stipulations that essentially got him released, not only did we have to trade him uh, with a heroin smuggler, um, who is also sort of known as an extremist, who's been held in the United States since 2005. A lot of people don't seem to like that. And I'm like, we got a guy home. Like, who cares how we did it? We got him home and he's alive. But the big thing about this story, which is why I think it's not being pushed by many outlets, is that one one of the major stipulations was that the Biden White House essentially said, if you release this guy not only will we trade him for you know one of your terrorists one of your drug smuggling traffickers awful human being but we will start taking the steps to acknowledge the legitimacy of the Taliban as wow. a government which obviously no no one should do. Right. The Taliban is a terrorist organization. No one in the world wants to acknowledge them as the rightful government over Afghanistan. And Biden just like casually threw that in there. So either there's something, you know, much bigger going on that we don't know about. Obviously we don't really know anything about what goes on in these types of negotiations. But I think that issue is really why it's not being celebrated for the victory it ultimately is. Cause you know, the White House can still turn around and say lol just kidding we're not going to acknowledge your legitimacy because you guys are a bunch of terrorists which is what he should do
0: no, uh, we, you know the whole idea that we don't negotiate with terrorists goes out the window with Obama it goes out the window with Biden um, and that's why they, I mean I think you're right that's why they're not talking about it because they they once again show weakness of the US government it's Case Smythe go to caseMythe.com. also read everything she does on the Daily Caller follow her on uh, social she's active on Twitter and also on Instagram and I think you're on Getter too but uh, yeah people should go and follow you as well i gotta talk about the mcdonald's guy so i'm watching this video some sort of a dust up at a mcdonald's and the guy's getting punched in the head and he's just standing there getting punched in the head but i think that he was the aggressor before then and then he decides after getting punched in the head let me grab my hatchet that just happens to be in my backpack and then he starts going nuts i mean that's already way too much story case my but then the guy decides i'm going to talk to some media <laughs> i don't understand fill me in
1: You kind of just nailed it. This guy, uh, Michael Palacio is his name. Uh, the video of him going nuts with a hatchet or an ax or whatever it was, Tomahawk in a McDonald's in New York went viral over the weekend and he was arrested. He apparently has like, I think it's six charges um, you know, you can see in the video taken at that McDonald's. Yes, those guys did get aggressive with him. He's the first person to admit that he got aggressive back. The altercation started when he went and asked if he could use the restroom and the McDonald's. And apparently he was ignored. I don't know. I I think there's a lot more, again, a lot more to the story that we don't know. Uh, and so once he let the guys be the you know not so crap out of him. he didn't even seem phased by the right. hits that he took. He also admitted in the subsequent news interview that he had been drinking. It was a Friday morning when yes. this occurred, I think. <laughs> um, so he just basically let them do what they wanted to do and then he did what he wanted to do, which was to grab his axe. And smash the place up and threaten people. And he also, like, part of the video, which I didn't even see because I tend to just skim over these fight videos. I find them really upsetting. Um, Part of the video, he, like, sort of shakes his hatchet in this poor girl who's cornered's face. And she hasn't done anything. She's just been sat there the whole time. Um and so his response to that was to basically be like, Yeah, no, I did it. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, no, crazy, did uh, it, it.
0: The most interesting part of the interview that he gives is I've decided I'm not gonna press any charges. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's just like hey, no, you couldn't guy, if you wanted to. It was your fault. Guys,
0: flipping nuts. No, I mean, and he's given an interview. He's so cognizant. The whole, yeah. Well, what happened was, you know, lost my temper a bit. Had to grab my my hatchet, and um, you know, I, I carry that with me because I'm out here in New York. I'm a, i am guess he's one of these uh, one of these delivery people, um, a yeah. messenger between businesses, whatever. And he's got to protect himself from the people. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to press any charges. I, I found that to be so extremely delusional in such a lucid way. It was weird
1: it was but you know what joe i think it's part of this kind of greater acceptance of violence it's something that terrifies me actually i think that we as a species humans are inherently violent most animals are violent particularly any animals in this sort of like ape family um and we're very territorial and we're very protective of ourselves and the people that we love. I think the the sort of shift towards Christianity, you know, say what you want about the wars that have been fought over Christianity, but at its core and at its foundation, it preaches peace. It, it is it lays on that foundation of peace and unconditional love. And I think when you raise children, in firstly, when children don't have two parents at home, that's a concern. Yes. I think that when you raise children, like as much as my family is pretty secular, I went to Christian schools. Like the entirety of the UK is founded on sort of Christian principles. that's not the norm anymore and that's why you're seeing this like rise in violence you know my generation particularly are so hyper aware of these sort of macro traumas that take place not just here in the states but around the world that i think we're so conditioned to the normality of violence that now when we're presented with an opportunity to act on it we don't even think about alternatives. We just go straight to the violence. And it's pathetic. I really, really am disgusted and embarrassed for anyone that chooses violence over discourse and conversation. That's the best thing about guns. You got one guy with a gun, you might be in trouble. But you got a good guy with a gun, you're fine. You got two men with a gun, they are forced into conversation. So that's why the Second Amendment is probably my favorite amendment. It's a a pretty good one, yeah. you know. Yeah, anyway, I could talk about this all day. No, I'm with so you. Uh,
0: i would. so I hear, I'm going to disagree a little bit. I, th- I think that we still have our Judeo-Christian basis and our founding. Most people believe the same way they did. The difference is they don't do anything to step in and change the violent outbreak that we're having. And one thing that jumps out at me um, on that video is that the one guy who's videoing it, we're seeing his video, in front of him is another guy with his phone out videoing the same thing. Now, here's a guy not with an AK, not with a machine gun, not with a a bazooka. Here's a guy with a freaking hatchet. Uh, It's sharp. It's short, though, and you can do some serious damage. But you've got several men are in that McDonald's, as that woman's being cornered, has her knees up to her chest because she's afraid of what might happen next. And nobody is decking this guy. Nobody is tackling him to the ground and taking away the hatchet. That's the problem. We all say we have these beliefs, but yet when push comes to shove, we won't save innocent lives because we might have a viral video on our hands.
1: Isn't that the most disgusting thing? You know, Joe, I watched this film last night. Uh, The premise is kind of great. The premise is a liberal reporter goes to Texas to essentially attend a funeral, but ends up sort of getting wrapped up with this family and investigating the mysterious death of a girl that he had hooked up with a couple of times. Okay. The family thinks that like they're, you know, super in love, that's why he's flown out there. It's called Vengeance. It's by B.J. Novak, who most people know as Ryan from The Office. Okay. Yeah. And the, honestly, like I wish he had written it as a book because the overarching message was so centered on this idea that B.J. Novak isn't going out there to actually investigate this death. He's going out there because there's a dead white girl who he can now use to launch his podcast so he can get famous. And wow. that's the issue. People would prefer to be famous than to have a happy life. And that's I think that's predominantly my sort of like millennial generation, Crazy. definitely Gen Z. It's ego-driven. It's nasty. It's competitive. And I think it's foul that people are more likely to get their phones out than exactly what you said. Yeah. Interject and say, hey— we need to stop this situation because it is not acceptable.
0: But no, I'll check it out. It's called it's called Vengeance. Uh, vengeance. I'll have to take a look at that. Without a doubt, it sounds really, really good. It's Case My Case My Talk. I've got time for one more K. Maybe a minute, minute and a half. Uh, do you want to talk about Trudeau? Let's talk about Trudeau. There, there's, listen, th- this guy is the biggest dweeb on the planet. Now, granted, he's got great hair, and he's not a bad-looking dude. And I think that's the only reason he's ever gotten one vote. And I think the voting system in Canada is so screwed up, they might not be able to get rid of him. But Mm here is a guy who everything out of his mouth is foolishness. And then he decides he's going to sing? Come on, man.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I honestly couldn't believe it when I saw it. It's a video of Justin Trudeau. Apparently he was drunk. I don't have that confirmed, but apparently he was pretty drunk. At the Savoy Hotel and Bar, Gordon Ramsay has like a restaurant at the Savoy. It's a very fancy hotel in London. Rates start at like, I think, over £900 a night. So what's that, like $1,000, something like that? Yeah, something like that. Um, but he's there drunk the day before... Queen Elizabeth II's funeral, and it's just honestly like you nailed it. It's just one thing after another with this guy. Like he terrifies me. I think he is a like he has the designs on being a supreme overlord. Yeah, dictator. he's a fascia.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, it's a pretty funny video. I recommend everyone go and check it out. If you've got a case of the Sunday scaries that's lasted way <laughs> into Monday, go check it out. will definitely put a grin on your face. And also you'll get to see some pictures of him when he had that terrible haircut that is still, to this day, the best picture I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life.
0: It's Kay Smythe. Go to KaySmythe.com. Read everything that she does for The Daily Caller. Check her out on Newsmax TV. And also make sure you follow her on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Getter. Kay, I appreciate you. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, I appreciate you, Joe. This is the best part of my week. Thank yes, you. Yes, mine
0: too. All right. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Glad to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. We always appreciate uh, Kay coming by on a Monday. Cray News with Kay on a Monday. Make sure you stop by the website, joepags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot C-O-M. On the right-hand side, you'll see all the social media. Go sign up for the one that you like the best. Scroll down to the bottom, click on contact. You can send me an email directly to me. And also, we've got uh, links to the videos and everything else that you see here on the program. Let's do some pop culture. Ah! Hi, Paula. What's going on, brother? There's a pair of tickets that could potentially go for two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars. These tickets were the tickets to an NBA game where Michael Jordan debuted way back in nineteen eighty four. So is it, you can't even go to the game. You're just buying the ticket for that kind of money. Yeah, I mean th- these are the, these are the actual tickets from from back then. And so what? And uh, I don't know. Like if I could get- buy the tickets to go watch him play again in 1984, I'd buy him for that kind of money. Come on, yeah. I don't. Would you buy him? No. You yeah, know. We gotta go. That's Sam. That's Polo. That's Kerry and Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.
1: This is the Joe Peg Show.